0: Hello hello, and welcome to another episode of cool things entrepreneurs do thank you as always for tuning in and uh, sharing a little bit of time with us I know a lot of you listen to the show while you're running on a treadmill or out on a trail and so uh, come on pick up the pace run a little faster. Others of you listen while you're in your car driving to work, and you can't pick up the pace. So just bear with us, and we're going to have a great interview, and we're going to make your drive time totally worthwhile. And I know other people listen in all different ways. And so thank you much because, as I say at the end of the show, almost every time, if it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. And I'd love to know who you are. Reach out to me via Twitter, at Cool or Or on Facebook, we have a Facebook page. You can reach us there. You can always find me at TomSinger.com. And if you're in search of sort of a group to sort of help you stay motivated in your entrepreneurial efforts, whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a business leader, or somebody who's just trying to be more entrepreneurial in their job – check out the Cool Things Project. That's our group coaching program. And we have an eclectic group of people who get together every Monday night on a video call. And we sort of keep each other accountable and we push each other just a little bit to make sure that every week we're doing something to move that ball down the field. And if you want to know more about that, go to tomsinger.com. Go to the about button and you'll find a thing that says group coaching program and everything you would ever need to know about the cool things project is going to be right there. And we would love to have you join it. And a lot of people say, yeah, yeah, I want to join. And they wait months. And then when they do, they're like, wow, I should have done this months ago. So come and join us now. The, the, uh, the, the temperature is just right to jump in the pool. So, today we have an interview with Steve Cunningham. And in keeping with the last episode where we went international, we were talking to somebody over in Europe. We are sticking international, and this time we have gone to the great city of Toronto, one of my favorite places to visit. I have spoken at several conferences in Canada and in the Toronto area, and I just love going there. I have a really – one of my fraternity brothers from San Diego lives in Toronto, so I like to get there anytime I can. And for those of you who have never been to Toronto – I would tell you it's the most international city I've ever been to, both in culture and of course in food. So if you're a foodie and you haven't been to Toronto, I'm just going to tell you after you listen to Steve Cunningham's interview, you're going to want to go to his hometown because it is awesome. So our guest today is Steve Cunningham, and he is the founder of Read It For Me. And up until recently, he had a digital marketing agency that was called 330, but he has recently put all of his focus into... Read It For Me, and I'll let him tell you what Read It For Me is, but it's really, really cool, and I can't wait to go and check it out. So, Steve Cunningham, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do.
1: Hey, Tom. Thanks so much for having me.
0: No, I appreciate you jumping on and being a guest. So I gave a little bit of an overview of of who you are and what you do, but why don't you tell everybody about your business?
1: Sure. So we take best-selling business and personal development books, and we turn them into 12-minute text, audio, and animated Video summaries and kind of like a Netflix model, people pay us a subscription fee monthly or annually, and they have access to our entire library. We work with solo entrepreneurs around the world, people who are working in large companies, all the way up to the leadership development programs in those Fortune 500 companies.
0: So I love the fact that you turn them into 12-minute modules because let's face it. I mean, we're all busy, and there's just not a lot of time. And I mean, people – listeners of the show, they're already committing 30 minutes twice a week to listen to cool things. They don't have a lot of time left over, so 12 minutes is is, is pretty good. How did you settle on 12-minute modules?
1: It's kind of an average, obviously. But you know, what we found is that, you know, a lot of people don't have time during the day for things that take, let's just say a half an hour. So if you look at your calendar right now, if you looked at my calendar right now, it's pretty jam packed uh, with meetings and getting from one place to another. But if you start to look in smaller increments, let's just say 10 or 12 minutes, there's a lot of times you could squeeze in, uh, you know, something that you can use for your personal development. So a lot of people People uh, listen to your podcast, for instance, while what we call the in-between moments, while you're on the way to work, like you said, with there's people listening in the car, while you're at the gym, while you're on the treadmill. Uh, we even have one customer who tells us that he listens to our audios in the shower in the morning. I haven't quite figured out how he does it. Sounds a little dangerous. But <laughs> the idea of getting things done in the in-between moments was really critical to our idea. And uh, if you can find those times, you do have time for your personal and professional development. And I'm going to tell
0: you, he probably just has Bluetooth speakers that are waterproof in his shower. My kids actually went out and got that so they could listen to music. They're they're not listening to, you know, best-selling books at ages 19 and 14, but they, uh, they have in their shower, they have, uh, uh, Bluetooth-enabled waterproof speakers, so that's probably how they do it.
1: Very cool. Well, maybe they should be listening to best-selling books.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So you've been doing this uh, from your marketing agency to this for a while, but I loved it when I read your bio. It said that you practiced law for one week. And that it's taken you seven years and you're still not recovered. So you didn't start off. You didn't go to school saying, wow, I want to start this company where I'm going to translate books into bite-sized modules and I'm going to be this super entrepreneur of Canada. Instead, you said, I'm going to get a law degree. So what caused you to go from being, you know, Steve the lawyer for an hour to becoming an entrepreneur? How did you make that shift?
1: Well you know if I was being honest with you I would tell you that I probably went to law school because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and that was another three years where I could use to figure it out but what I and I loved the law and the law was a great education but what I realized when I got a summer job between my second and third years in law school was that I didn't want to do this for a living and I think with a lot of education they teach you you know what you will be doing on a theoretical level but they don't actually teach you what what is the day-to-day job going to look like and what are you going to do and what I found was that I got to follow a senior partner in the law firm around and I thought if this was what I'm going to be working my butt off for the next 20 years to get to that doesn't seem like a great deal to me. So I actually uh, had a nice long chat with my father, uh, who's always been very supportive of me. And I told him, you know, I really don't want to do this. And he said, I'll make you a deal. Um, he, if you finish this off and you get called to the bar um, and you still don't want to do it, we'll have a chat about you joining the family business. So um graduated. And I was in here in Canada that we have something called articling and it's basically an apprenticeship year for, uh, for lawyers. And I got a lunch meeting with a senior partner nearing the end of my articling. And I, he asked me to join the firm and I said, well, no, I'm not going to do that. And so he said, well, after he accepted my, I guess quasi-resignation, said, can you stick around for a week to finish up this one file you're working on? I said, yeah, that's probably the right thing to do. And now I've got a pretty good story to tell for the rest of my life. Hey, not everybody gets to be a lawyer for one week. Yeah, I think I hold the record. No one has challenged me on this. I'm thinking of calling Guinness and getting it into World Book of Records, but, um... It, that was what led me into entrepreneurship it was it was not knowing or knowing that I didn't want to do that, and so I joined the family business, which I was, started, which was what I mean, which was what was the family business? It was a signage business, so it did uh, signage and displays um and I started working in there, and I thought again, you know this this probably is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I started a, a little marketing agency inside of that business. And this was around the time when social media started to gain a little bit of traction, but not everybody knew how to use it for business. So I was a young guy. um, I was pretty savvy on uh, social media. So I got a lot of uh, appointments to go talk to people and they wanted to, you know, learn a little bit more about how you use social media for business, which I now know it's called free consulting and it's <laughs> something you should never do. But I had a lot of conversations with, the uh, you know, VPs of marketing, owners of businesses and what they would, um, tell me was they wanted to figure this out, but nobody wanted to sign the first check to do it. So I thought, well, if we're not, and this was back in the day when there was not a ton of case studies around how people did this, this was new and fresh, and nobody wanted to be the first one to write a check. So We thought, in order to get this across the goal line, we're going to have to figure out our own case study here. So um, as I was sitting and talking to a lot of these VPs and owners of businesses, they would have books on their shelves. Because I had no business experience, the one thing that I did do to prepare myself in business was read as many books as I possibly could. Obviously, it's um, it's not a replacement for experience, but that was the only thing that I could do. And so I had invariably read the books on their shelves. And I would say, you know, what did you think about this idea in that book or that idea in this book? And they would stare at me blankly and eventually admit that they didn't have the time to read the book. And so what I thought was, you know, and there had been other services out there who summarized books. And I, you know, you and I had a quick chat about this before we started recording. Um, and I thought if we could do this in a more creative way, Get people to share it with one another, that would lead us to have meetings with VPs and owners of businesses with an actual case study in hand. So we made the first video. We sent it out to 10 people and we did that on purpose as an experiment. And then we went to 20 and then went to 100 and then it went to 1,000. And it kind of snowballed from there. We got phone calls from venture capitalists who asked us what our business model was. I said, we don't have a business model. This is, this is social media, man. So I stopped getting calls from venture capitalists after that. And then basically, uh, we, we kind of eased into it. We put up a paywall with PayPal. We started accepting payments and it slowly evolved this over time into the point where we're now doing this uh, full time, like you said earlier. So uh, how did I become an entrepreneur is kind of happened by mistake.
0: <laughs> so what do you love about it? You've been doing this now for several years. What What do you love about working for yourself and being able to, by mistake, create your future?
1: Well, I think, you know, I've evolved a lot as an entrepreneur over the last, uh, Several years, and you know, we now our entire team works remotely where we used to work in a in an office, um, and we do the work when it's when it's good for us to do the work. So we allow people to work whenever they want, as long as they're getting their work done. So for me, being an entrepreneur, uh, the freedom to work when I want is is a huge bonus, and you know, I get to spend time with my kids. Uh, a lot. I get to spend time with my family. Um, And I get to decide when I actually do the work. Now, of course, being an entrepreneur, you tend to work a lot more than if you uh, were working a a regular nine to five job. But the feeling of freedom to be able to do it when you want is something that I really enjoy. So I I would say that's one of the main things. So do
0: you actually, you know, I get that answer a lot that I really love the freedom and I get to do stuff. Do you ever actually take that time and like go to your kid's school for lunch or go watch their play or whatever it is? Do you actually take advantage of the freedom?
1: Oh, all the time. Yeah, I I definitely take the time we spend uh, the evening together every single day. You know, and a lot of times I'm up, you know, hours before the kids are up and working hours before they go to bed. But I do definitely take the time. It was a struggle at first, though. I got to admit because you're so used to doing things in a certain way, and it's just because that's the way you've always done it. So, yeah, uh, when I first started working from from home, I would always work from nine to five, and that was just kind of the way I would do it. Um, but now that I don't feel guilty anymore <laughs> for taking advantage of those freedoms, um, I definitely do it all the time.
0: So one of the things I just implemented is my youngest daughter just started high school. So she's got four more years with us here before she moves on to her great adventure. And my oldest daughter, she went to high school 25 or 26 miles away from our house. So early on, she, she took a bus, she went to a magnet school and they, they ran buses, but in order to beat the traffic, the buses came at six thirty in the morning, But if I was to drive her, it could take an hour, you know, two hours round trip because of traffic. So you had to go early. So she went by bus and then later when she had a driver's license she drove herself so I didn't get to do this with her but what I did my other daughter goes to high school 7 miles away and there's a Starbucks across the street from her school so what I've just implemented and I've blocked it in my calendar as a recurring appointment is I drive her to school every Friday morning and we leave early enough that the two of us can go and have a latte and sit and talk and it's one of those things that I run my business so if I don't want to start working on Friday until 9:30 I don't have to do that, and I'm we've only done it for two weeks because school just started, but I'm really excited that if I'm in town Friday mornings, we do that, and it's one of those things that I necessarily haven't always done as an entrepreneur is scheduled time for me and just made it a recurring appointment, and that's something I'm trying to do more of.
1: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I think, you know, if you are an entrepreneur, that's something that you definitely need to force yourself to take advantage of, because there's so many downsides to being an entrepreneur that you definitely need to take advantage of the upsides.
0: So that's what you love about it. But come on, Steve, are there any days do you think, you know, I'd be partner by now in that law firm, I could have stayed and had a really good salary and, you know, been sort of one of the respected lawyers of Toronto, what am I doing this for?
1: I I can honestly say my answer to that is absolutely not. I've not for one second regretted the decision I've made. And there's a lot of ups and downs in entrepreneurship. There's no doubt about it. And I've had my share of uh, the downs as well as the ups. But for not for one second have I regretted my my choice. I, I've, I've had a lot of people ask me that question. And they tend to ask you those questions when things are not going as well as you'd hope they <laughs> were going. Um, but for me, the, like I said earlier, freedom is really important to me, but so is creation. To be able to get up every morning and create something new that didn't exist before is just so fulfilling to me that um you know being the top lawyer in Toronto uh, is not something that would ever enter into my equation. So if someone's listening
0: to the show and they're thinking I I admire what Steve has done, how he just, you know, left a pretty, you know, stable, you know, well I don't know if it's stable or not but you know the the traditional practice of law and went off and did his own thing and then has pivoted a couple of times, you know, that's pretty cool. What advice would you have for somebody who's listening who says, I, I want to become an entrepreneur and go start my own thing?
1: Well, I, you know, I think we could, we could have a, a days-long discussion about this, but I think the, it's an illusion of uh, risk that comes along with being an entrepreneur. Uh, if you're working in a company right now, your job is not secure. And I think that's, you know, that is only going to accelerate over the next four or five years, but it's always been true. So there's always been an illusion of security, not the reality of security. And so uh, putting that aside, I would say to any entrepreneurs or uh, people who are thinking about entrepreneurship right now, just start. You have no idea where you're going to end up uh, at the end of the journey or midway through your journey, but you're not going to get anywhere if you don't start. And I think a lot of, you know, I spent actually a lot of time these days, uh, searching on Twitter with the hashtag side hustle, because I'm s- really interested in what people are doing. um And I had a chat today with with some, uh, and I, I'm going to call her a lady. I don't even know her name. I could look it up, but she was talking about the fact that lamenting the fact that she had to work a side gig in order to supplement her income. For and she works for one of the big four accounting firms, and we had a quick chat. So I. Uh, the the only way you're going to make your situation better and more secure is to start now, um, no matter what position you're starting from. And I think that's the key. So how important do you think it is for entrepreneurs to really have
0: a network, to, to be involved in whatever their community is? How important? I mean, we hear a lot about networking,
1: but how important is it? I think it's critical. And business is uh, a lot about Who you know, and I think that's always been the case. And some people like that, and some people complain about that. Um, But the reality is, uh, the more respected and the more well known, well known you are within your community, the better off you're going to be. And there's going to come a time in your business or in your life where you're going to need to reach out for help. And the only way you're going to be able to get that help is if you build those relationships now instead of when you need them. So I think you know. there's there's a million ways uh a million reasons why a network is really important um and it's not something that people should be taking seriously so
0: you i'm you reach out to people you search a hashtag and then you reach out to them on on social media so you know obviously that's a form of networking give us some examples of how that has paid off for you just you know reaching out to people
1: <clears throat> well I, I you know the example i gave you now is me just kind of doing market research i'm just really interested in what people are doing and how things are changing and evolving and um, that's really valuable to me so i wouldn't even consider that networking but here's an example um we you and i connected on twitter and now i'm on your podcast and and that Um, is life-changing
0: i mean let's face it it's what what was yesterday was yesterday and now you are post cool things entrepreneurs do
1: Oh, I, I already put in my order for my new yacht, so uh, I hope this goes
0: well. Excellent. I was expecting the C-TED tattoo on your arm for cool <laughs> things entrepreneurs do. I said C-TED the other day, and somebody's like, what's C-TED? I'm like, I don't know. I just made that up. Cool. Well, maybe I'll be the first one to get it. Perfect. Perfect. So I actually have a couple more questions for you. But first, mm-hmm. I have to thank the sponsor of this show. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Now, they set you up with the right equipment, training, and the guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Steve Cunningham. If you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, For an exclusive offer to the listeners of this show, go to podfly.net slash cool things and check out what they have. And as I always say, if you want to call them, just go to their website, call them, tell them. Tom says you guys are a great vendor. Tell me why. And they'll answer all your questions. And I know that people do contact them because they keep sponsoring the show. And I know that uh, they have conversations with people and everybody says, you're right. They're so dang nice. So, Steve, I call this show. Cool things entrepreneurs do. So I always want to know, what's the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now?
1: So for the longest time, we've offered Rita for me as a monthly and an annual subscription. And we did that because just like, you know, I I used to work from nine to five because that's the way we always done it. That's just the way most companies in this space do things. You, You charge a monthly price and you charge an annual price and that's how you make your money. But in July of this year, I took a step back and kind of reevaluated why are we doing this? What's our long-term strategy here? And we thought, what if we offered a lifetime subscription to our service and price it at a price that makes it seem like a no-brainer? We ran it as a test. We had no idea how this would go um, because, you know, asking strangers to part with 250 of their hard-earned dollars is not something that's uh, easily done. Um, So... We did a quick test. We got some very uh, high conversion rates, and you know, I, I, we could go into that in depth, but I don't. This is probably not the, the forum for that. But um, the people that who are subscribing love it, and it's a part of our longer term strategy for how we monetize our business. So the coolest thing that we've done in the last little while is to offer this lifetime subscription. That has been game changing for us in terms of our results. We actually 10x our revenue based on that. And it's something that is really going to propel our business to the next level and beyond. So I would say that's the one cool thing that we've done uh, or are working on right now. So if people want to to
0: do this, where do they go? How do they find out about read it for me and, and for your, for this special offer that you're doing?
1: Yeah, so we're not, we're not going to be promoting this on our website. So if you go to readit4.me, you're not going to find it there. But we are pulling together special promotions for people that we build relationships with, like yourself, Tom. So if you're listening right now and you want to learn about this offer and take advantage of it, just go to www.readit4.me forward slash cool things, and you'll be able to take advantage of this offer there. So that is readit4.me. Slash cool things. Absolutely. Awesome.
0: So we could talk about, read it for me and Steve Cunningham and the fabulous city of Toronto all day long. But I think the best entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So my favorite thing is to ask people who come on this show, who else out there do you see, not your business, but someone where you look over, you know, at some entrepreneur and say, wow, they are doing
1: something really cool. They're, They're crushing it. Who do you admire? So... And I think we could probably have a discussion about this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick you. Um, I had no idea who you were uh, until I found you on Twitter. Um, and I think you know this. Going back to the the question you asked me earlier about you know what advice do you have for people becoming entrepreneurs? Uh, and I you know would say a different form of this is people who are just taking action. So you and I chatted. I think about it was either yesterday or the day before. And you asked me, you know, can we... Can we connect I think it was the same day and I was wondering was well, this a call to talk about the podcast? And you're like, no, let's just do it. And I think that is so key in today's economy where people overthink things, people don't take action, and you're just somebody who is taking massive action and just getting things done. So um, I think you are and I don't know how often you pull back the, the kimono and tell your your audience how you operate, but I, I think it's so important for people to be taking action and just getting things done done and you're a shining example of that at least in my own uh experience i don't know how you act with other people but for me that really came across as as very strong
0: all right so i'm blushing because i don't get that answer i don't know if i've ever gotten that answer but uh i'll take it and actually it's so funny that you bring that up that people overthink things i am so amazed When I'm asked to be on somebody's podcast or even when somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, I'd like to be on your show, and I say, great, when are you available? And they'll say, like, November. I'm like, really? Because it's early September. That's two and a half months away. And they go, well, my calendar is so full I can't do any more interviews, whether they're the interviewee or the interviewer, you know, for two months. And I'm like, really? Because I was thinking, like, tomorrow afternoon – I have a you know a free hour. Let's jump on and do it. And I'm shocked at how people are like, oh, you know, we have to overthink it. So when we connected and you were like, oh, I'd like to be on your show. Could we make that happen? What I did is I went and checked you out. I looked you up on LinkedIn. I looked up your website and I thought this is exactly the type of guy who I want my audience to know about. And I thought Read It For Me was a cool service. And I stalked you a little bit. And I was like, let's just do it. And so it was funny when you said, is that for like a pre-chat? I'm like, no, let's record, man. Uh, and I really Think we do waste a ton of time overthinking and overjudging. I mean, people are constantly like uh, trying to weigh out. You know, I'm, you know, I make my living as a professional speaker, and I'm amazed how many times people are like trying to prethink and prejudge. Well, it's between you and this person, but but they have a PhD, and I'm like, I don't know that that necessarily makes your conference better because you know they have a PhD. I mean, I honor people who are smart and have gone done extra schooling, you know, beyond where I did, but it's like. What is, what is the purpose? Well, we want to have a great speaker, but we also want to have the smartest person in our industry. And it's like, well, those two things aren't always there. Let's think about what the goal is. And I just find it quite interesting that people really overthink everything. And my belief, I try to be, hey, let's just let's do it and see mm-hmm. what happens.
1: Yeah, if, you know, if we can spend maybe another couple of minutes on this, I think this is a, this is kind of a leftover effect from from the corporate world. You know, people in the corporate world typically do things so they don't get fired. That's kind of their That's general mindset. Right? And it's very easy to try to bring that mindset back into the entrepreneurial world, um, but that doesn't get rewarded when it's your own business. What gets rewarded is taking action. And it's very unlikely whatever action you're going to take is going to blow up your business. You know, there's only a, there's only a few things that can blow up your business and deciding whether, you know, what speaker to bring to your conference or when should you do this podcast or not two of them. And taking action on all those little things is the only thing that's really going to move your business forward. So I I think, you know, As I'm just sitting here thinking about there's a lot of deprogramming you need to do if you're coming from the corporate world and starting your own business because there's just so much baggage that comes along with the, the years of working and trying not to get fired. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, and that's actually a really, really good point, because you know I find it that people really do you know and, and again, I think it is I think you're right, I think you're onto something that this is programming that that we learned early on and have brought with us into you know whatever we're doing today. but I recently somebody introduced me and someone else, and and it was like there was a total synergy of why we should just have a phone call, and I said, "Just call me sometime," and he wrote back and said, "No." I never do that. It, it must be scheduled, and and he's a leadership trainer, and this is like one of his tenements of what he teaches. And I believe that scheduling is good, but sometimes the serendipity of let me just call and see if I can reach you. I think you know I don't think it's either one or I think sometimes you got to be serendipitous and sometimes you got to plan. And I think too many people forget that serendipity is a great thing. And I'll tell you as we wrap up this interview. The serendipity of interviewing you is great. I mean, we have a great synergy. I'm really enjoying talking to you. I think your product is fantastic. But you're exactly the type of guest that I want on this show. And that's why I'm glad I just follow my gut, because I think I've only ever done that once where it hasn't like been a home run.
1: Yeah, and if it turns out really horribly, you just don't publish it, right? <laughs> right. I there's, could, a, there's, there's no downside. I could just tell you, oh, I had a little problem with my file you
0: know but no this is this is great so i and i think that's something that i'm going to explore a little bit deeper because i do think that this is something that we have to get past and sometimes we have to trust our guts and i think the best entrepreneurs do that i mean you've probably done that a million times in your career
1: absolutely yeah you, trusting your gut especially when it's not it's not a decision that can blow up your business is critical you just have to take action
0: and most of the things we do on a daily basis do i take that coffee with that person you know, even if they're just looking for that free consulting, sometimes you know you got to say yes sometimes to those things because you don't know what's going to happen. And you know, you don't say yes to everybody, but you follow your gut. And and I think when you do that and you learn to do that and you hone that skill, I mean, my whole career has been based on sort of the serendipity of the right people coming into my life at the right time. And you know, the same thing as 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 my career as a speaker. Ninety percent of my business comes from word of mouth. It's people who either sit. In my audience, see me speak and say, wow, we got to bring him to my company. It's people who know someone who sat in my audience who say, hey, you need to bring him to your company, or it's people who know me either socially or through this podcast or something else. 90% of my business. Therefore, the serendipity of me running across people becomes really important if my kids want you know, things like college tuition paid for.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no matter what you're doing, even if you're doing an internet business like we're doing... You get things done through other people. And that's, and that's always been the way it is. And it's always going to be the way it will be.
0: Well, Steve Cunningham from Me, Read It For Me, thank you so much for, for popping over and being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. One more time, if people want to find you, because they're like,
1: I got to know more about this guy, I got to know more about Read It For Me, what's the website again? Head on over to www.readit4.me. You can head over there. We have a seven-day free trial to our service. If you really like what we do, make sure you go back to that special offer that we talked about earlier. It's www.readit4.me forward slash cool things. That is absolutely perfect. Well, again, thanks for being a guest on the show. And thank you to everybody who
0: tuned in and listened. Uh, I'm going to go over and try the seven-day free trial because uh, I actually am traveling the next seven days for uh, to be speaking at a couple different conferences, which means I've got airplane time. And airplane time means personal development time. And so I'm going to be checking out ReadItFor.me. All right. Thank you very much. We're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Steve Cunningham. I know that seems hard, but it's true. We will be. So come back in a couple of days and check it out. But in the meantime, hey, go on out there and have a great day.